Well, you know when you just hear one of those stories that you can't help but share? A story often got a bit of controversy to it that just spreads so quickly. There's been a few stories like that this year. Have you seen? Have you heard? Can you believe the the kind of story that begins like that? Did you hear how much they spent on the renovation at Downing Street? Have you heard that interview that Harry and Meghan had? Did you see what that person's done to their hair in lockdown? Maybe it was last night. Have you seen what's happened in the football this evening? Player has gone down in the middle of a game. News like that, a story like that, it travels fast. And the stories surrounding Jesus and his followers, they're spreading. They're beginning to spread. And the authorities don't know what to do with it. Remember last week we finished with Peter and John being put in prison for the night for causing this commotion and pledging their allegiance to the Lord Jesus. We get a good idea here of why is they're thrown into prison. Look at verse 5. The next day, they're pulled before the elders and teachers of the law. And two particular men are mentioned, a couple are mentioned, but here's two particularly, Annas and Caiaphas. They're two men that who not many weeks ago, these two men have played a significant part in the killing of Jesus. See, they thought they had shut down the revolution. They thought they'd quietened the movement. But look, here again, they're facing just as much problem. Now Jesus isn't even here anymore. And that's the context that sets up the seriousness of the question in verse 7. Have a look down. It's an accusation. What are they going to do? Are they going to pledge their allegiance to Jesus, the man who this council crucified? Are they going to face up to the same power and might that had put the Lord Jesus to death? Or will they cover up? Will they fudge it? Will will they try and go beneath and go quiet? You might have seen um, this week an England cricketer was found to have tweeted historic abusive tweets. It was one of those things that once it was noticed, it was going to come to light publicly. It was always going to come out pretty big. But you can imagine that horrible moment in an England cricket board meeting somewhere in the world where it suddenly got raised to an urgent agenda item. What are we going to do with this story? How are we going to handle it? How can we build the right press release to announce things on our terms? You can imagine they might have thought. How do we manipulate the situation to make sure that we're painted in the best light possible? How are we, the the governing body, not going to lose face? You can imagine Annas and Caiaphas thinking, how on earth can we manipulate this situation so that we don't lose face how can we the powers that be cover up what can we do 
And so Peter and John, they're being challenged by the powers that be. What will they do? Well, the thing is, they're telling more than just a good story. We are telling more than just a good story. Look at verse 10. Peter uses his sit up and listen phrase again. He says, know this in response. Know this and you and all the people of Israel, this story and the signs that go with it, they happen by Jesus' name. By the power of his spirit that he's promised. See, the good news of the gospel, it travels, as we've seen already in the book of Acts, not because there's just a good story to tell. We're telling more than just a good story. This story spreads because Jesus is alive and his spirit is active. See, when it comes to pressure to speak about Jesus... Here's Peter and John brought up before the authorities who desperately want them to say anything but the name of Jesus. Where will they pledge their allegiance? In that moment of pressure, Peter leaves no room for question. He doesn't hold back. He shows unbelievable boldness about whose side he's on. It's unbelievable. Look what he says. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. There's absolutely no doubt when he stands before the people that put the Lord Jesus to death, he says, no, it is by the power of the Lord Jesus, whom you crucified. How can he be so bold? Well, because he has the help of the Spirit. On the face of it, the apostles, there in that moment, they're on the defensive, they're being attacked by the, the ruling council. Yet, do you see what Peter says? It's a, it's a probing question of the people attacking them. He turns it round, asks the question of the people asking them. Look at verse 11. He's in no doubt, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Do you see Peter's challenge to the people he's brought before? This is not just a controversial truth that you have to suppress. This is not just a story that you've got to get away. No, this is the absolute truth that everyone must answer to before God. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. See, we're telling more than just a good story. This is the absolute truth which leaves every person accountable, answerable to God himself. Maybe that's the line that you need to hear this afternoon. Maybe that's the line that you need to share with a friend or relative. You must make your own mind up about the Lord Jesus. Because salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Or maybe you look at Peter and John 
in this moment you think, well, they're just brilliant evangelists, aren't they? How can they be so bold, eloquent? They're just amazing. How can they do that in that moment? Or maybe you even look at other people you know, other Christians, maybe even people here at Town Church, and you think, well, how can they be so bold with their friends? How can they be so brilliant about speaking about Jesus? Maybe you think, well, I'm not very good with my words. I'm not very clever. I'm not that influential. I'm not very good under pressure. I'm certainly not very good when it comes to conflict. But just look at Peter and John. The story doesn't spread because of their power, their words, their influence, their intellect, their ability. No, none of those. This story spreads because Jesus is alive and his spirit is active. And this story spreads because this is the absolute truth which leaves every person answerable to God himself. How will you, how will I, in those moments of feeling so weak, so incapable, how will we think less about ourselves, our own ability, and more about the power of the Spirit and the truth of the message? Secondly, we'll see... But there's always people who reject it. Look, as we read what Peter's done here, the temptation is that we go, well, this is brilliant from Peter. This is Evangelism 101. It's perfect. He's confident. He puts the onus on the listener to make a decision. He lays out the absolute truth of the gospel. It's irrefutable. He calls the listener to account to God themselves. What could possibly go wrong? Well, look at the response in verse 13 and 14. When they, that's the rulers, saw the courage of Peter and John and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. See, they're particularly compelled by the argument. They're surprised. They're uneducated people, but what they're saying it resonates with us. They're almost standing up to listen. It's looking good for the gospel. But they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. See, like an alarm bell. They were, they were craning in to listen, but then they remembered, they recognised that, actually, no, this is Jesus's, guys. This is something that we have a absolute fundamental underlying resentment to no there's an internal immediate rejection it's not looking so good for the gospel and look here's the interesting bit look at verse 14 read with me but since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them there was nothing they could say So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men? They asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign. And we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Do you see what's happening? It's remarkable. 
There's nothing we can say. We cannot argue, they say to themselves. We cannot deny it. It's irrefutable. So what are we going to do as they go away, kick them out? What do they decide to do? We've got to cover it up. See, maybe our tendency is to think, as we think about our friends, our family, the people that we love, that we'd love to hear this good news, is that if we just tick all the right boxes, we just go through all the right motions, then people must accept it. But look at these people. Here's the reality. People will always reject this news. Because ultimately, the good news of the gospel is great news. Look at verse 12. Because salvation is found in no one else. It is the best saving news we'll ever know. But as humans, we don't want to admit that we can't save ourselves. We don't want to relinquish the control that we think we have on our own lives. See these men? Everything makes sense to these men. And all they want to do is cover it up. All they want to do is say no to Jesus and his followers. And that's our human nature. Maybe you can remember a time when that was you. The gospel, the good news of Jesus made sense to you logically But to make Jesus the person at the centre of your life, not for me. And look, maybe that sounds really bleak for us as we look at this unstoppable mission. Well, remember where we are in the book of Acts. Look where we left last week, chapter 4, verse 4, just above. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000 Or two chapters ago, Acts 2, uh, verse 41. Those who accepted his message were baptised, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. See what's happening there? It's not bleak. The Spirit is at work to open blind eyes to the truth of the Lord Jesus. The story spreads because Jesus is alive and his Spirit is active. This is the absolute truth which leaves every person answerable to God. And thousands of people are turning to trust in Jesus. And that is the same good news today. The story spreads because Jesus is alive and his spirit is active. This is the absolute truth which leaves every person answerable to God himself. And thousands of people all across the world today, weeks to come, days, weeks to come, are turning to this man, the Lord Jesus. But there will always be people that reject it. So, so what do we do in Bicester as we think of our friends, our family? Well, don't be discouraged. Look what the rulers decide in verse 18. After some consultation... This is what their decision is. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of of Jesus. And look, that might sound pretty weak, pretty pathetic that they say, ah, just don't talk about it. Probably because we know in the context of the book of Acts, it didn't have much of an effect. Probably because we know in the course of history, it didn't have much of an effect. But remember, this is the powers that be, the people that put the Lord Jesus to death. In this moment, Peter and John stand before real opposition. And they face a moment to decide, 
What are we going to do? And when told not to speak about him, look at verse 19 and 20. They are not discouraged. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Do you see these two followers? They've made the decision they are going to fear God above any authority that comes before them. And they're gripped by the gospel and empowered by the spirit such that they can't help but speak about the Lord Jesus. Are you discouraged when it comes to speaking about Jesus? Right now, as you think about your friends, your family, your neighbours, your colleagues, are you discouraged? Do your friends and family just not care? Do they think it's a load of rubbish? They're not interested? Or do you think that's what they think? Are you scared of speaking up at work? Are you really afraid of conflict? Are you scared that you'll lose friends? Don't be discouraged. Some will reject the gospel. That's just what we should expect. But some will find life. Because salvation is found in no one else. Don't be discouraged and pray. Look at their immediate response to adversity. Verse 24, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, anointed one. Do you see, in that moment, they realise their complete inability to change the people stood in front of them. Sovereign God, you are in control of all things. And they plead on behalf of those who reject the message. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? Maybe it's surprising that Peter and John... Uh, were, <laughs> In, in that instant, looked so confident, bold, eloquent, excellent in all that they do. What do they do the moment they face any kind of difficulty? They remember again their complete inability to change any person that stands before them. They admit and accept their complete dependence on God. They're capable, they're bold, they're confident by the looks of things. But they know just good arguments, solid facts, winsomeness, influence, power, hard work, money, time. It doesn't make people accept this message. It's God who is sovereign and so they pray to him. And look at the content of their prayers, verse 29 and 30. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. See what they say? Please, Lord, help me to be bold in speaking of the Lord Jesus. Do a work by your spirit to convince them of this truth. And verse 31, 
They do. And along we go in the book of Acts. It continues this unstoppable mission as people still continue to turn to the Lord Jesus and the good news about Jesus continues to flourish and spread, as we'll see, interspersed through the rest of the book. That maybe you can think of friends, family, colleagues, neighbours, that you desperately, desperately care for and want to hear and accept this good news. What's God telling us today? Don't be discouraged. Pray. We must accept that we are completely incapable of bringing anyone to an understanding and acceptance of the good news about Jesus. And so God tells us to pray. Come before him who is sovereign of all things. That we then would speak boldly this message. And that he would do a work by his spirit to open the eyes of those who don't yet trust in Jesus. That's what it looks like to be part of this unstoppable, exciting mission. And it is mission unstoppable. It is. Because we are telling more than just a good story. This story spreads because this man, the Lord Jesus, today is alive and his spirit is active. And we're telling more than just a good story because this is the absolute truth by which every single person on this planet is answerable to God himself. Yes, people reject it, but God in his grace will go on saving lost people and by his grace, he'll use us as part of that mission. So let's pray that he would. Father, we thank you and praise you so much For this good news of the gospel, please would you help us to recognise our complete inability by ourselves to effect change in this world. But Lord, thank you that by your spirit you've opened the eyes of blind people like me. And Lord, we pray that you'd use us at Town Church to share this good news with many people in Bicester and beyond. Amen. Well, we're going to sing together of this. We're not going to sing. We're going to read the words of this song together. This good news of a saving God.